Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. You're watching Channel 4 News with five-time Emmy Award-winning anchor Ron Burgundy and Tits McGee. Good evening, San Diego. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Tits McGee is on vacation. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 125, Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. A huge welcome here from my home on Whore Island to everyone listening. Welcome back to all of you wonderful, amazing returning listeners and welcome all you brand new listeners to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for finding this podcast and choosing this podcast as your number one source for the local news. I'm so happy that you are here. And also, welcome to a man who I friggin' love more than I love Lamp. A man whose podcast always takes me to Pleasure Town. A man who has many leather-bound books and whose apartment smells of rich mahogany. A man who 60% of the time works every time. And the man who hosted me on Livestream for the Cure back in May, raised so much money for cancer research, Mr. Nicholas Haskins from the podcast Nicholas Kitchen. Welcome to Verbal Diorama. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. <laughs> you are on right now. I'm so, <laughs> so thrilled to be here. I This is so long overdue. Uh, I... I am just giddy. I'm giddy. I'm giddy too. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've actually had quite a lengthy conversation before we've even started recording. And that is how much we adore each other. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> can, can I just say, you're amazing. She's amazing, listeners. If you're listening to this because you're from, I don't know, you followed from my show or whatever, she's amazing. <laughs> Well, I only have amazing people guesting on this podcast, so you are similarly amazing, and I, I genuinely do love you more than I love Lamp, so that is a fact. <laughs> what about Desk? 
No, I, I, I don't love you more than I love death. So I'm sorry. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. But yeah, we have been talking about this for so long, about you coming on this podcast. We've had lengthy discussions pretty much since live stream for the cure yeah. which was in may and we said we want to get together we want to do something and we're actually doing like a a double recording session yep. because i am going to be on your podcast around the same time that you are going to be well live ish when it's released because <laughs> it's going to be in the future because that's how podcasting works <laughs> listeners i'm getting myself confused now Podcasting, podcasting works because you record in the past and then you release it in the future. Oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> newsflash! <laughs> this is the literal up-to-date news that we are serving you. Podcasts are recorded in the past and then released in the future. So for some you'll reason, never find that out from any other podcast. For some reason, that just reminded me of that Simpsons joke where. Homer asked if they were doing the animated, like, itchy and scratchy live. And they're like, very few cartoons are broadcast live. It's a terrible strain on the animator's wrists. I don't know why it made me think of that, but it did. I've never heard that joke before. Everything comes back to The Simpsons for me. It's it's a condition. I'm so sorry. No, you do not have to be sorry. Because, I mean, The Simpsons is iconic genuinely iconic it's um it's well it's the longest running animated tv show ever so clearly they're doing something right you're not allowed uh, to I mean, do I'm, the I'm simpsons sure. movie on this show unless i'm invited i was actually gonna do the simpsons movie <gasps> uh for the last animation season and 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 uh, it got replaced with something else i'm so sorry man <laughs> but yeah i will do the simpsons movie I will definitely do the Simpsons movie at some point. So basically what you're saying is if I do the Simpsons movie without you, what what will that mean? I can't think of a funny segue <laughs> or response. <laughs> Words are things that people say out of their faces, out of their <laughs> mouth holes. But, but it's kind of required for a podcast, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord this is basically this is our conversation this is uh i just uh, so if if this podcast is baxter uh i just punted it off of a bridge that's 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 what i'm getting around to <laughs> what are you saying nick i don't speak spanish uh, <laughs> oh, um <God>. anyway <laughs> anyway um back on track because um, I am very excited that Nick is here because he is wonderful and amazing. And like I say, this has been such a long time coming. And I know, I knew, and I know that we are going to have the most brilliant time talking about Anchorman. Um, because this is definitely a, a fan favourite movie. I mean, people still talk about Anchorman. It's like one of, probably one of the best comedies of the 2000s. So that's basically why you're here. Uh, I'm gonna actually, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will run the trailer for Anchorman and I'll pop it in at a later date because that's how podcasts work. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> there was a time 
when people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And one anchor man was more man than the rest. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? Hey, Garth, how's the divorce? Oh, not so good. I'll probably never see my kids. Fantastic. I'm not lonely. I'm beloved by everyone in San Diego. You're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your passions? To be the first female anchor. And I'd like to be king of Australia. Seriously, you sound like an insane person. I just got a call from Network, and the decision has been passed down to make Veronica our co-anchor. No! 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 Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is anchor man, not anchor lady! I don't know what we're yelling about! What if just for tonight, we weren't co-workers, we were co-people? Oh, I'm storming your castle on my steed, milady. We should keep it relatively quieter in the station. Absolutely. I'd also like to share with you that we are currently dating, and that she is quite a handful in the bedroom. Uh-oh. Knights of Columbus, that hurts! What are you doing on our station's turf, Burgundy? Come get a taste. Uh, you took a bullet for me. Uh, and I would not do that again. Uh, it hurts like a mother. Take me. Take me right now. Let's make a baby! I've got a little plot summary here for Anchorman. Uh, it's not really little. Uh, I, I nicked it from IMDb because that's also how podcasts work. Uh, okay, let me be serious now. I've got to, I've got to put my serious face on uh, and voice and all of the serious stuff. Um, <laughs> the shenanigans um, okay. are over, done. Over, over. <laughs> we've, 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 this is a serious podcast about serious news now. Uh, pandas are giving birth, Nick, and we we need to be serious. Um, in, <laughs> in in 1970s San Diego, journalism was a well-respected profession, and people actually cared about what they saw on TV. And the top-rated anchorman in the city is Ron Burgundy. He enjoys his five-year run at the top, and his news team is equally as good as he is. Professional jock and former profession. Where's who writes these things? Um, Random IMDb users. I don't. They, they, they don't. Spit, they don't write English good. Brick Tamland. Um, <laughs> Brick wrote this. Professional jock, champ, kind handles the sports. Curiously dim-witted Brick Tamland, who's a few channels short of a cable subscription, handles the weather. And ladies' man Brian Fantana, whose collection of fine scents would be in the Guinness Book of Records, handles the on-field reporting. But now that is all about to change forever. Channel 4 News has embraced diversity and has hired a beautiful new female anchor, Veronica Corningstone. 
While Ron Burgundy and the rest of the Channel 4 News team enjoy fighting with competitors, drinking and flirting with the ladies, Veronica quietly climbs her way to the top. And Veronica's success drives Ron Burgundy crazy with frustration and passion. So much that Veronica's meddling causes Ron to get demoted and ultimately lose his job. Now left with nothing, Ron must find a way to get back to the top. And that involves a story about a rare Chinese panda giving birth on US soil. Will Ron be the one to report the story on a national level? Question mark. That is a terrible description, but never mind. Um, <laughs> we'll go through the cast of this movie. Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy, Christina Applegate as Veronica Corningstone, Paul Rudd as Brian Fantana, Steve Carell as Brick Tamland, David Kochner as Champ Kind, Fred Willard as Ed Harkin, Chris Parnell as Garth Holliday, Catherine Hahn as Helen, Fred Armisen as Tino, Vince Vaughn as Wes Mantooth, and there's cameos galore in this movie. But some notable cameos, Danny Trejo, Jack Black, Judd Apatow, Tim Robbins, Luke Wilson, Ben Stiller, Missy Pyle and Seth Rogen. Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy was written by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay and it was directed by Adam McKay. Yay, I finally did it. Right. Okay. Now do it again. So <laughs> <laughs> this is live, Nick. This is like six o'clock live news. You don't get a chance Ooh. to do it again. You've got one chance. Ooh. And that's it. <laughs> I know, it's uh, high pressure. It's high pressure. I don't know if I can take this. This is obviously an Equal Opportunities podcast. Uh, women have been allowed in podcasting since about, about 2018, I think. Women were legally allowed to start podcasting. And before then, obviously, it was only a man's game, which is similar to the plot. Oh. Of and I'm completely lying, obviously, because, you know, <laughs> podcasting is very mixed. But I just thought it was funny. True podcasting. It clearly wasn't funny because Nick didn't laugh. True podcasting did not begin until M started verbal diorama. Let's just let's just oh be let's be honest. Let's be fair. Okay. No, no, it's no. That's ridiculous because you were on Epic Film Guys long before that. Yeah, but we just made dirty jokes and stuff, and you know, I hated on a lot of movies. You know, it's just what I did. Yeah, let's not talk about Avengers Endgame because. <sighs> Right. Okay, so I do actually have a brief production history of how Anchorman came to be. Nick, would you be interested to find out this information? I would. That's why I listen okay. to your show, because I love <laughs> and I love that about your show. Can I just say that? I love that about your show, because a lot of movie shows are here's my opinion of this movie. You know, and you certainly do offer your opinion on, you know, the movie and whatever, but you also get into like all of the kind of facts about things that, you know, somebody like me, like I find it very interesting, but not interesting enough for me to research it myself. <laughs> so I love that about your show that you really take the time to, you know, look into the history of these things and the legacy of these things. It's almost like your show's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Yes, your show is amazing, M. Yes. Look. She's right, she's not making are... me say this, guys. I'm blinking at you. Blink. <laughs> Nick Nick needs help. Uh he's currently trapped in my basement. Um <laughs> I'm not actually going to let him out until he compliments me a respectable um, amount of time. 
uh, enough times even I can't even speak the glass never gets um, full guys it never gets full <laughs> no but I feel like I feel like in this situation because I'm not telling you to say all these things you just are saying all these things but it's making me feel really good about myself and so now I'm thinking that maybe maybe you need to come on more often <laughs> to make me feel good I'm, I'm here <laughs> for it which is really selfish I'm here for it <laughs> sign me up Okay, you're you're always welcome on this podcast. Uh, not just because it makes me feel nice that you all you do is compliment me literally all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? Okay. Stop being so amazing. Start being a jerk. Yeah, just you know, just start being just completely terrible, and then I won't compliment you all the time. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll wait. We'll do it live. No, we're not. No, we're not. Because I don't want my podcast to get off the track. It's, and, <laughs> it's way too and late also, for that. <laughs> it is. It is a bit way too late. But to be honest, most of this stuff I'm going to have to edit out. So um, apologies. But <laughs> I'm going to try and keep the funny stuff in. And I'm also going to keep the stuff in where you say really nice things about me. I, that's just uh, going to be the whole show. It's just you're just going to do a super cut of just the nice things. <laughs> I don't know what he just wouldn't stop saying nice things. He didn't literally didn't say anything else. <laughs> like so, so Nick, what do you think of Anchorman? I think Verbal Diorama is the best <laughs> podcast ever. You're amazing. I love you. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you think of Anchorman, Nick? I don't care about Anchorman. All I care about is Verbal Diorama. That's basically going to be. This I podcast. mean, that's it, that is um, true though. It's one hundred percent, one hundred percent fact. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I just listened to episodes of Verbal Diorama <laughs> to prepare myself. I'm going to go through the brief production history. You're going to stop complimenting me just for just for a brief second. Just just behave yourself, please. While still at Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay began working on a script called August Blowout, which uh, Will Ferrell would later describe as Glengarry Glen Ross meets a car dealership. And although this script was popular around Hollywood, the resulting movie never got made. One of the early supporters of Will Ferrell and Adam McKay and this particular script was director Paul Thomas Anderson, who offered to shepherd a script written by the pair. And basically, Anchorman came about because Will Ferrell saw an interview on 70s TV anchorman Mort Krim. And Krim was a top candidate to become co-anchor on ABC's World News Tonight in 1978. But instead, he joined Channel 4, which became WDIV-TV in Detroit in 1978. And he was the network's top anchorman. He would actually retire from being a news anchor in 1997. So the character of Ron Burgundy is loosely based on a real person called Mort Krim. And Veronica Corningstone is also based on a real person. Mort Krim had a colleague called Jessica Savage. And she started her career as an administrative assistant at WCBS in New York. But despite her lack of broadcasting experience, she was hired by KHOPU TV. Seriously, why do all of your channels have weird names? <laughs> like, <laughs> here in the UK, it's BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, Channel Four, Channel Five. That's it. Well, apart from all of the other channels that have come about. But they're so strange. Like all of these random letters. It's really off-putting. K-H-O-P-U-T-V in Houston, and she was their station's first female reporter. Uh, similarly to Anchorman, she was a diversity hire 
because the station's license could have been removed if they were sued due to a gender discrimination lawsuit. She would become the weekend anchor of NBC Nightly News and a daily presenter of NBC News during the late 1970s and early 1980s. She was one of the first women to anchor an evening network news broadcast alone as well. So, as I said, Krim would form the inspiration for Ron Burgundy, Savage for Veronica Corningstone. And interestingly, the 1996 movie Up Close and Personal, starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Redford, is also loosely based on the life and career of Jessica Savage. And even more interestingly, Jessica Savage's own autobiography, which came out in 1982, was titled Anchor Woman. I'm not even joking. Basically, that is how the movie kind of in a roundabout way came about. And then obviously Judd Apatow picked it up. He is a very well-known producer. He kind of tends to specialise in like bromantic comedies. And the idea around this script was that they wanted to change the way that scripted comedy was done. It was kind of a bit radical at the time to kind of bring these comedians in and to have them embracing improv in such a way that this movie embraces improv. Each scene was filmed at least six times for those improvisational takes, which is why there's so many outtakes of this movie. Uh, if you've got like the DVD or the Blu-ray, there are so many outtakes, there's so many alternate lines. And I'm always so impressed that people can improvise because I can't, I'm rubbish at it. <laughs> Genuinely, if I'm put on the spot, I can't say anything funny. King, uh, so, I'm waiting. <laughs> no, I know, and I can't do it. I can't make you laugh. <laughs> I have to think about it. So it takes me a little while. Like, I'll take like five minutes. In the back of my mind, I'll think, oh, that's a really funny line. I'm going to say that to Nick. And then five minutes later, I'll say the line, and you'll be like rolling on the floor laughing like hysterically at, at my hilarity. But I could not just come up with something funny. And the fact that these guys can come up with continually funny lines, often completely different versions of the same line over and over again is one of the reasons why I think this movie is as brilliant as it is. There are some alternate castings. I mean, the cast is pretty iconic in this movie now, but there were other people who were going to take these roles. So John C. Riley was up for Champ Kind, Chris Parnell for Brick Tamland, Ben Stiller, who got a cameo in this movie, was originally going to be Brian Fantana, Ed Harris was going to be Ed Harkin. Dan Aykroyd was going to be Garth Holliday. Alec Baldwin was going to be Frank Richard. And Amy Adams, Leslie Mann and Maggie Gyllenhaal were all up for the role of Veronica Corningstone. Leslie Mann, obviously, is the wife of... Oh, what's the dude's name? That's it. Judd Apatow. That's his name. <laughs> Leslie Mann <laughs> what's is... What's the dude's name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Leslie Mann uh, is the wife of Jude Apatow. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was considered to be too young to be Veronica Corningstone. She was only in her early 20s at the time. And the most important fact that I think you all need to know about this movie on this podcast is I can actually guarantee that Verbal Diorama is German for Wales Vagina. <laughs> God. So Nick. So uh, M. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is the uh, opportune moment for you to say something really nice about me. Um... <laughs> just, just cut up one of the earlier ones and insert it in here. We came to doing Anchorman in a 
bit of a, a, a roundabout way. Um, you originally wanted to do something a bit different to Anchorman. And, <laughs> and I turned you down. She did. Rejected. Rejected out of out of hand. Just yeah. I I actually cried uh, for a couple days afterward. I didn't quite know how to how to how to move forward in 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 this. Just uh, I wanted to do Napoleon Dynamite, guys, and someone someone is not a fan. Besides <laughs> Rebecca, who is in love with you because you don't like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> well. You know, because we we spoke before we started recording, and I told you how much I love your girlfriend Rebecca, just just for being completely awesome and brilliant. Um, but now I think I might love Rebecca more than I love you. I'm sorry. Damn. Did you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs> well, you have bad hair. <laughs> <sighs> what did you say? <laughs> um. So, <laughs> I feel like this episode is just going completely off the rails. It is true. It's not going I... completely. It started off the rails. It's never been on them. Like I, I do appreciate. I really appreciate your, like, just really, really great attempts to put it back on them. But yeah, no. No, just <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster, and I love it. Um, this is so... the podcasting equivalent of watching a panda give birth. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> this is this is the podcasting equivalent of both of us in the bear pit, going. That's that's all we're I doing. Just we're, no we're just begging for somebody to come in here and help us or save us. But there's nobody. It's just us. So we have to somehow turn this into. To... Oh God! I, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to do it, listeners. It is true. I did say no to Napoleon Dynamite. <sighs> I have never watched that movie in its entirety. I tried to watch it a few years ago, and honestly, I turned it off because I didn't get it. And I didn't understand why everyone loved it. And I know so many people are going to be coming for me now because I know that it's like a cult favourite. People love it. I get that. I just don't understand it. And so when you said Napoleon Dynamite, it was a little bit like when I said, what do you want to do? In the back of my mind, I was like, please don't say Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and then you said it. And I was like, how am I going to be really polite to this really wonderful, lovely man? that I don't really like that movie uh, and I've never been able to sit and watch it. So I was like, I think I was quite polite about it, actually. And then I just kind of said, well, maybe we want to do something else instead. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I, I got you to choose Anchorman. <laughs> In fact, did you even choose it, or did I tell you? No, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Remember. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was you that chose it. I like <laughs> seriously when she when she shot down Napoleon Dynamite. It was like a trident got thrust into my chest and I died. Like you know, that's that's how bad it was. Uh, I was just gutted, destroyed. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how else to. I don't know how else to describe it. It was like. It was like. I had just 
sat through the Napoleon Dynamite animated series again. Like, that's how much it hurt me. But I'm here anyway. I didn't even know what that is. Oh, it's 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 terrible. It's it's so bad. Like, and I love I like unapologetically just love Napoleon Dynamite, the animated series. And somehow they got the entire cast of the movie to do voices. Um, Some of them don't even sound the same. And they're definitely not written the same. It's terrible. It's unbelievably bad. Uh, Yeah, just that's that's how much it 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 destroyed me when she when she when she turned down napoleon dynamite but we're here for anchorman no no don't don't distract from the point here this is your mess (laughs) so how are you going to clean it up well i'm going to clean it up because we're going to have a discussion about anchorman nicholas do do not make me full name you because i will do it it hurt that hurt a little bit (laughs) so for this particular episode, um, normally regular listeners will know that normally episodes are quite structured. And it is a bit different when I have a guest on because I can't do an episode of Verbal Diorama the normal way with a guest. Because let's be honest, the guest wouldn't say anything. Um, and also it wouldn't really make for a very good podcast for me to just talk <laughs> and for a guest to say absolutely nothing. So just like nod, I'll just nod and like go mm-hmm, in agreement. Like just <laughs> that'll just be the entire audio. Just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do like the fact that you agree with what I say and that you think I'm brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. really, if you want to continue to do that, then that's cool. <laughs> but I just thought it would be really nice to have a bit of a discussion, a little one-on-one discussion about Anchorman. There'll be facts and bits of information about Anchorman at the end of this episode. But for now, I just thought it'd be nice to have a bit of a discussion about it because you've literally just finished watching it before we sat down and started talking. So it's really fresh in your memory. I watched it last night. So it's kind of fresh in my memory, although I have slept since. (laughs) So, So yeah, I thought it'd be really nice to have a discussion about Anchorman. So I've written some discussion points, but we can we can basically talk about pretty much anything to do with this movie. When you chose Napoleon Dynamite, and then I said, no, let's do a comedy from the 2000s. And then I said, let's do Anchorman. I think I said, what do you think of Anchorman? And then you were very positive about doing Anchorman. So I feel like the choice actually kind of was yours. I just kind of suggested it and then you went along with it and you agreed with me, which is great. It's always so amazing when a man agrees with a woman. So thank you (laughs) for doing that. Um, But I guess in my mind, I just kind of thought that me and you on a podcast, it would be really fun to talk about a movie a comedy as well, because I wanted this to be a really fun episode just generally anyway, because I'm not going to invite you onto my podcast to talk about Grave of the Fireflies, because that's just depressing. And we would just be crying just continuously with each other. To have you on this podcast, I thought, well, to have a comedy, something we can enjoy and laugh about, and then obviously have a comedy with um, a man and a woman, in that movie, I mean, most movies do contain men and women. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of movies out there that contain both men and women. Mm-hmm. But I, I just really liked the idea of doing Anchorman with you. 
So let's talk about the humour in Anchorman. Because, like I say, it is mostly improvised humour. And it's become a movie that has overtaken itself in the fact that it's become more than a movie. It's become quotes and it's become lines. And the humour of Anchorman is, is quite interesting to me in the sense that it feels like a very male sense of humour because re-watching it, I was like, you know, this is very much a bromance movie. This is a movie about these four guys and, and the relationship that they have with each other. And then a woman, God forbid, a woman could come in and disrupt the male friendship kind of thing that they've got going on. I mean, what do you think uh, about the humour of Anchorman? Do you still think it actually holds up? Uh, I mean, how this movie is what, like... Almost 20 uh, years old, which so, is sad and weird. Yeah, it is almost. I was going to say like 17-ish, yeah, 17 years yeah. old. So do you think it still holds up? I, I think yes and no. And I mean, all the characters in this movie are definitely designed to be kind of more caricatures than actual characters. And so there's kind of a surreal element to the humor in this film, I think, which... You know, even even given the subject matter, because, you know, they're obviously talking about, you know, sexism in the workplace and, you know, women basically being demeaned, which in a, especially in a 2021 sensibility just doesn't play the same. You know, it's not like there it's not that there aren't funny things about this movie and it's not that there aren't like really good performances and really funny performances, but it's the subject matter just hits differently. I think now than it did back in the day, you know, back in the day, the early two thousands was now back in the day. That's how long ago, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> but like, I, I think it hits really differently though. Like, I just think it, it, it plays differently because we as a society are just becoming, I don't even think we're there yet in terms of rectifying things like sexism in the workplace. So it, it just, we're much more aware now though, as, as a, as a culture of this kind of behavior and how unacceptable it is, you know, and like, while there's that kind of over the top caricaturish nature of it that you can still kind of laugh at, it's like, there's in a way there's too much truth tied to it you know, to me anyway. So I don't, I don't know. Like when I rewatched it, like it wasn't, as funny as I remember it being like, there's certain moments mm. like Steve Carell in this movie is brilliant. And Christina Applegate, I was a huge married with children fan. I will always absolutely adore everything she does. She's such an amazing actress, but it's just, yeah, like it's just, it's just the, the concept of like, lampooning sexism like and i mean obviously they're trying that's exactly the point that they're trying to make like how oafish and stupid and like neanderthalish this mentality is to treat women in this way like that's obviously what they're lampooning but at the same time like i don't know like like i said for me it, it just hits a little bit differently now than it ever than it did before like i haven't seen it in ages like in years and years so yeah i don't know what do you think it's really interesting, isn't mm -hmm. it, that I remember watching this movie probably around the time it came out, probably 2004, 2005, because... Back in the day. It was back, <laughs> back in... Oh, it's such a long time ago. We were so young back then. Oh. Um, 
Because it was the movie that everyone was talking mm-hmm. about. Everyone was talking about how amazingly funny this movie was. It was kind of a sleeper hit at the time. It came out of nowhere and everyone was saying, you know, this is the comedy movie of the 2000s. And I remember watching it back then, back in the day, and really, really laughing my bum off, mm-hmm. you know, thinking it was hilarious and so funny. And and yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's It's weird how our lens changes, not just as we grow older, but also as as the times change Mm -hmm. and how public perception changes. Obviously, sexism in the workplace, um, it was something that people were talking about back in 2004 because, you know, it has been a problem and it still is to a a degree as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this movie came out at a time when it was appropriate to use um, the R word. And it was also it also came out at a time when it was appropriate to use a homophobic slur, yeah. and those sorts of things just aren't acceptable today. And obviously, the fact that society has come on to the point where we don't use words like that anymore is a good thing. Yeah. So it feels very much to me that this is a movie where the humour hasn't grown with the movie. The humour is a little bit outdated when you kind of retrospectively look at this movie. Mm -hmm. But the lines themselves, the quotes, haven't. I think the quotes themselves still hold up to a degree. Um, It's one of those things that I, where I work currently, I, I, I actually do work with a team of men. So I am literally the Veronica Corningstone of my office. Uh, in in a sense that not in the sense that I'm sexually harassed or anything like that, um, but in the sense that you know being the only woman in in a team of men. <laughs> so it's one of those things that historically we would occasionally bring out Anchorman quotes, and Anchorman is probably the most quoted movie in my department. We still joke to this day that one of our colleagues has a bottle of Sex Panther <laughs> in his drawer. And- <laughs> Contains because bits of real year, panther. Well, one year, I'm not even joking, one year for a secret Santa, he got a, a bottle of uh, undisclosed cologne. It was literally just a blank bottle with nothing else on it. And so we said it was sex panther <sighs> because it is one of the most pungent smells that you will ever smell. And it was a little bit like he opened the bottle and our nostril hair all burned <laughs> off. And um, so ever since... We have said that he has a bottle of Sex Panther in his drawer and that he basically takes it out, you know, to entice the ladies Mm -hmm. with this pungent smell. It's so ingrained in the culture of where I work that this this is the movie that, you know, the lines get repeated. Not obviously all the time because we do do work as well. But, yeah. (laughs) It's just your whole job is just doing anchorman quotes. Yes. That is my job. Yeah, literally. I, I work for Judd Apatow Productions and my job is to just repeat Anchorman quotes all day long. Um, but yeah, it feels like the lines have held up, but the comedy hasn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and it, it just, the, the whole film has like this kind of cartoonish quality to it. Like I said, it's 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 meant to be 
over the top. It's meant to be lampooning the you know the sexism and it's it's like i said you're you're meant to you're not meant to look at the channel 4 news team and think of them as you know oh i want to emulate these guys behavior like they're obviously just like like i said they're they're cartoonish you know the the lines you're exactly right like the lines in this movie a lot of the i mean we we've dropped like so many of them just during even our conversation before we started recording and during this recording the lines, I don't think, and, and that will be the enduring legacy of this film. It'll be those lines. But yeah, like, I think that we've come to a point in, you know, in in culture where it's not enjoyable to watch, even from a surreal perspective. It's, it's not because there's just even still today, there's just still too much of a tinge of truth to it. There are still women that are treated this way in the workplace like they're thought of as less than like they're thought of as you know not you know small brained oh you 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 can't do this because you're a woman like that kind of thing is still too prevalent in the world and so mm-hmm. watching this kind of thing like you you can laugh at their buffoonishness and you can laugh at you know brick saying i love lamp and like all the different like silly things like the big giant battle that they have with the other news teams is still so funny but yeah like whenever it skews back to the actual plot of this film and into the sexism and it just doesn't play like it literally just doesn't play like i kind of i laughed at so many of the lines and but i just sat stone-faced through a lot of it i was just like yeah this this doesn't it, like I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, maybe that's maybe that's me changing along with it. I don't know, but it just it doesn't play. I just don't think it plays. I would be in agreement with you that I, I feel like if you actually start to dig a little bit deeper into the true meaning of this movie, that I mean, it's highlighting obviously a very distasteful thing mm-hmm. in how it treats the women. Because apart from Veronica. There are other women in this particular newsroom, like in the in the, the back of the newsroom. We don't really get to know any of those women apart from Helen, who's the wonderful Catherine Hahn. Baby Catherine Hahn, so, oh my god. The the Catherine Hahn. And she's so underused because I think Catherine Hahn has maybe like one or two lines mm-hmm. in this movie. And I know she was Catherine Hahn back then, but nowadays she's Catherine Hahn. <laughs> You know, you want Catherine Hahn in your movie. I think but... so much of like, and I'm wearing a Parks and Rec shirt, like as we record this. So like when I think of Catherine Hahn, I still think of her in Parks and Rec uh, as the campaign manager and just like literally like she storms into a scene and she just owns every single piece of it. So it's weird to me to see her in such a little bit role, not being, I mean, and she just, it's tough for me to pin down like she just has a, a, a comedic style that when you see her and when she's on screen it's just it, she is just like she owns it completely like it's just unmistakably Catherine Hahn but that's not in this movie because she wasn't Catherine Hahn yet if that makes sense yeah that's the thing obviously she wasn't Catherine Hahn she now is Catherine Hahn yeah but even then even if it was a completely different actress I kind of feel like these movies, specifically like maybe the Judd Apatow kind of comedies, there were a lot of them 
in the 2000s, going into the 2010s. And I'm not just I'm not just picking on Judd Apatow, um, because obviously I think this was maybe a the comedy culture of the time. But obviously a lot of comedies do focus on men mm-hmm. and the lives of men. I mean, men are quite funny. You're a funny guy. I, I would love to see a movie about you and your oh, life. Oh, God. But... <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> let's be honest, there are a lot of comedies about men mm-hmm. and about the lives of men. And the women are always in the periphery. Like, they're always just the love interest or the girlfriend or the wife. And if they're the wife, they're normally nagging at the main character and all of that sort of stuff. And that tended to be the role for women in comedy. I certainly think that that is starting to shift a little bit. I know Judd Apatow, I think he produced Trainwreck, which is a brilliant Amy Schumer Mm -hmm. comedy, uh, which I absolutely love. I I am definitely planning to cover Trainwreck at some point because I love Amy Schumer and I love that movie. And obviously I've covered Bridesmaids. Oh, um, God, that movie. was also produced by Judd Apatow. That movie is um, and Bridesmaids. <laughs> I adore Bridesmaids so because good. it puts the women front and center and it makes the men a bit more of a periphery character. Mm-hmm. But it is just such a fantastic example of women in comedy and about how women can be funny. And I do think there's a misconception out there that's maybe linked to the casual sexism that this movie is referencing that women aren't funny, which I absolutely think is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. I have heard people say that women aren't funny. I'm a hilarious person, so I don't know, this is you extremely know how they say accurate. to me that women aren't funny. But I really do think that Hollywood at the time focused a lot on men in comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at other comedies of this kind of era, of Zoolander, Wedding Crashers, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and, and even Knocked Up to a degree, although there is a woman featured in Knocked Up as a primary character... Mm-hmm she's very much seen as the annoying one. Mm -hmm. The character that Catherine Heigl plays in that movie. She's kind of seen as a bit uptight. And this is the way the movie portrays her. Portrays her as uptight, as too focused on her job. You know, it's not the right time for her to have a child. All of those things. And then the other characters, the male characters, are kind of seen as a bit more aloof, a bit more cool. And I feel like very much the same about Anchorman, in a sense that... The men in Anchorman are allowed to be silly and goofy and do stupid things and say stupid things and have all these fantastic lines. And Christina Applegate is there to kind of be the straight man, essentially, of the movie. And no, absolutely no slight on Christina Applegate because I think she is wonderful. She's a genius. Playing this very, very kind of straight-laced character who's seen in this movie as maybe being a bit too serious. Like, she's more serious. She takes her job very seriously. But unless you're a woman in that situation and you've been constantly told you're not good enough, you know, you don't have a brain big enough, that's scientific fact, apparently, according to Ron Burgundy, Mm -hmm. unless you're constantly told that you're not good enough, then you don't understand what it's like to be a woman in that situation. But I feel like the movie is framing her as being too uptight and, you know, sticking the mud and too focused on her job. You know, she's so focused on her job, she can't even enjoy having relations with Ron Burgundy, you know, even though he takes her to Pleasure Town. <laughs> Let's be honest, every every woman likes to be taken to Pleasure Town, guys. 
the movie frames its female characters in such a way and then every other comedy movie does the same thing and it's really frustrating and I feel like until we get to Bridesmaids even then that the tide doesn't really turn as much as you would like it to turn for female fronted comedy yeah I think to her credit because I mean, I think she's a comedic genius. I, I like I said, I've always loved her, and like her kind of role in Married with Children. Like everybody in that show is like a hyper caricature of you know whatever they were. Like she was, you know, the sexy ditzy blonde girl, you know, which it kind of informs like the rest of her career because that's why she likes to play these characters that aren't that, you know. But I do think in this film, I think that you're right on one hand like she definitely is played to be the straight man because all of the men in this movie are just they're oafish you know they're cartoons they're cartoon characters basically but i think there are at least to 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 her credit like she at least gets some scenes to be silly and to be funny and to you know like to to have a lot of fun and she for me is easily probably one of the bright spots in this movie besides ed willard um which i love him so much he died did, when did he he just died recently too didn't he wasn't it last year i can't remember i think it was last year yeah i yeah. can't remember but i i love fred willard so so much he's he's absolutely amazing but yeah i i love her i i, I love her so so much and I do at least appreciate the fact that she gets some some different moments to be silly. She gets some different moments to have like a lot of fun with this character. And you can tell that she's having a lot of fun playing this character, I think. And I, I think that really comes through in her performance. I absolutely love Christina Applegate. She is an absolute highlight in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really tough to be the, the woman in this movie to have that responsibility on her shoulders, mm-hmm. which to be fair, I think she handles it really, really well to have that responsibility to to be this character. She does have uh, a couple of scenes where the character gets to take her defences down, mm-hmm. which is nice because I absolutely, completely, 100%, I am team Corningstone because I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be the only woman in a team of men. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not suggesting that my workplace is anything like this particular workplace. Just to reiterate that once more, (laughs) um, just in case anyone from my work is listening, but it is really hard. You do have all of these additional pressures. And then to add the time period on top as well, you know, the fact it's set in the 70s, the fact it's set uh, in the media industry as well. And so much has come out about the media industry specifically recently with the the Me Too movement and all Mm -hmm. of that. And you look at a movie like this, it makes it a little bit more awkward and a little bit more icky. Yeah. You know, to when you kind of think that a woman has to do 10 times the work to get to the same place as a man in this industry. But in this movie, you have the men, specifically Ron Burgundy, getting jealous of her success and trying to uh, curtail that success, mm-hmm. trying to get rid of her. Looking at it now with a modern lens, yeah, it is It is still funny, but it's, it's not the same kind of side-splitting comedy that it was back in 2004. It's almost like... Look, you say it's like a cartoon. It's like a it's like a parody of itself mm-hmm. almost. That yeah, you can you can laugh 
at it, but you're kind of not laughing with it. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It just highlights so much of what has been wrong (laughs) with society and the media and, you know, sexism in the workplace and all of that sort of stuff. And I appreciate the fact that when you came on to talk about this movie, you probably didn't think that we were going to be talking about, you know, such serious topics. (laughs) Because let's be honest, all of these things, you know, they're they're prevalent now. Mm -hmm. And then you think, what must it have been like for a woman in the 70s? I don't even want to think about what it must have been like for a successful woman in the workplace in the 70s. And you talk about an uphill climb, like like the the amount of work, like you said, like 10 times as much. And I think this film not only like it lampoons it in, in that way where, you know, there's an ickiness to it, like you said, but it also, I think, highlights just how much further we still have to go you know there's still a like it's maybe not as out in the open you know it's it's not like as overt as it is in this film but it's still there you know it definitely still exists and you know i think that watching this movie through a modern lens i think it only it only highlights that you know, it doesn't take away from how funny these characters are and how funny a lot of the dialogue is, but it, it, yeah, it just, it, 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 I'll circle back to it. It just, it doesn't play. Like, it just doesn't play. Like, this plot is just, it plays like, it, like, if you remove the comedy from, like, if you remove, like, the funny one-liners, like, the really funny quotes from this, like, it's a really sad and almost like kind of like hyper offensive movie you know (laughs) yeah yeah it really is (laughs) and i don't know why i'm laughing at that (laughs) but it but it's funny in the sense that it never really set out to be that i think it just set out to be a really silly movie based on these real people that really existed Mm -hmm. on their lives and if you do look at a person like Jessica Savage someone who actually was there at the time who was blazing a trail for women in broadcast news she actually really suffered throughout her life Uh, I didn't actually mention it before but she had drug addictions um, and she actually her life ended um, through uh, drowning so she she was in a car with her partner at the time and um They'd basically been out and they'd had a couple of drinks and no one really knew what happened, but the car ended up in, uh, I think it was a lake. Oh, wow. And yeah, she she died. Oh. So a really tragic end to her life. Yeah. A life that was so influential and so important that they've literally made two movies with characters based on mm-hmm. her. So she was a really, really influential and important woman. Not many people know the name Jessica Savage. I suppose not many people know the name Mort Krim. But I think in this particular story, when we're talking about Anchorman, I really do feel like we could have spent an hour talking about Mort Krim and what he did in his Mm -hmm. life. But let's be honest, he's another white man. Mm -hmm. So I really do feel like the most important person to focus on was Jessica Savage Mm -hmm. and and her life and her career. And so that's kind of why I focused a little bit more on her because in agreement with you, the the character of Veronica is A, the more interesting character in this movie anyway, 
And B, looking at it now, like you say, for, with, a, with a modern lens, Veronica really is the hero of this story. Yeah, for sure. And yet, this is a movie with Ron Burgundy's name in the title. Yeah. So they really, really, it's called Anchorman. It's not called Anchor Lady, mm-hmm. by the way. I just find that really fascinating. This is a podcast. This is a movie podcast hosted by a woman, unsurprisingly focusing on the woman in the story. I feel like this movie would have definitely aged a little better if it had maybe taken a bit more care of the Veronica character, maybe. But then it wouldn't have been funny in 2004. So it probably wouldn't have done so well. And I think maybe like it's... The film, and we've talked about it, you know, at length now, but the film obviously is is presenting like a very kind of hyper surreal kind of take uh, on, you know, all this sexism, but there's not really a, there's not really a check against it. Like, obviously through the film, like we see as viewers how competent and how strong uh, Veronica is as a character, but I don't feel like maybe the movie doesn't do enough to kind of check against the men's behavior through the whole thing. So it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. you get to the end of this, like, and it doesn't feel like there's a lesson learned there maybe like, and I, maybe, maybe the movie would probably, and I, I feel like maybe even the comedy in this movie, maybe everything about this movie would play better. If you had that, if there was, more of a you know like more than just a flippant remark by danny trejo in a bar being like times are changing like you know like dig deep like there's more to it than that and i think that's the difference between watching this movie in 2004 and in 2021 in 2021 now we want to have that discussion now we want you know like that needs to be checked like you know there needs to be repercussions you know about it something like that you know what I mean? that that's at least where i'm kind of thinking about like i th- i think if you if you reframe this movie if this movie had just something more in terms of a hey this behavior is unacceptable you can't treat women this way like kind of thing to it then i feel like it would round it out like it would be more well-rounded in that sense and maybe everything would play a lot better you know have i told you recently how wonderful you are not enough. I'm, I'll, uh, I'll start a list. I'll start a tally. <laughs> yeah, you should start a tally because I, <laughs> no, I just, I feel genuinely 100% from my heart and soul that I genuinely feel like if there were more men like you in the world, then the world would be such a better place. Genuinely. Mm, because you, you are amazing and you have basically wonderfully summarized the last what hour or so of conversation um in that this that's what this movie needs to have done it didn't do it and it's unfortunate that it didn't do that but i think that is just the fact that it's a comedy from the 2000s mm. but i'm not suggesting that anchorman should be the promising young woman of its time or anything like mm-hmm. that but I certainly feel like it's not acceptable anymore to have men behave this way and and to not reap the consequences of their behaviour. Anyone listening to this podcast, I mean, whether they're still listening or not, because we've probably just taken their favourite comedy movie and just thrown it through the (laughs) ringer, but 
that it that's truth it's it's tr- dropping truth bombs about this movie but i feel like i could have said and this is genuinely how i feel i could have said all of the things that you just said and someone listening could just take that and go oh she's just being a really annoying woman mm-hmm. like what you know what right does she have to say stuff like that about my my favorite movie mm-hmm. Anchorman. but i feel like still in this day and age if a woman says something then she's just being annoying or dumb or you know whatever mm-hmm. in insert insert whatever adjective you you want to insert yeah. but the fact that you've said it as a man and that you can appreciate the problems that are there in this movie and what the movie actually needs to do to resolve that problem mm-hmm. means a hell of a lot more to have a man say And the sad it. thing is, is it, it shouldn't, too. It shouldn't. It absolutely shouldn't. But that is that is one of the actual issues that's highlighted in this movie, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter. It still doesn't matter what a woman says or how she says it or or why she says it. It's still the de facto uh, response yeah. is always it needs to come from a man to actually mean something. Yeah. And I don't mean that to devalue anything that you've just said or to devalue you because, like I say, the fact that you actually said that means it means a lot to me as, as a person and as a mm-hmm. woman. And hopefully it does mean that people out there will actually... <laughs> you know, respect and understand that point of view because that is a point of view that I also share. But yeah, the fact that I feel like people will only really appreciate that because a man has said it is the actual problem. And that's the thing that we we need to fix. Mm -hmm. But this movie actually doesn't do anything to help fix that. It just kind of exacerbates that mentality of, well, women don't deserve a seat at the table Mm -hmm. because they're women. And I feel like we've gone a bit down, <laughs> and I don't want this—I don't want this uh, experience for you or for anyone listening for this episode to kind of end on a down note. There is something in this movie that kind of makes it a little bit timeless in a weird way. There are comedy movies from the two thousands that people aren't talking about or people don't really care about anymore. Something like Superbad, mm-hmm. for example. How big was Superbad at the time? It was huge. Everyone was talking about Superbad. Everyone was talking about McLovin, all of that. And Superbad is... I've not heard anyone talk about that particular movie for... I I don't know how long. People don't talk about it anymore. You know, people had those, like, fake McLovin IDs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was a thing in America, but it was a thing here. People had McLovin IDs, and everyone was talking about Superbad. No one talks about it anymore. So... I feel like Anchorman is is in that kind of weird position of, like I say, it's still in the lexicon for a reason, Mm -hmm. even though that reason isn't the best reason that it should be in the lexicon. Yeah, I think there's just if you know there's just a point in this film, there there's just when you dig past the quotability, like the uh, and and this is a this is still a funny movie in a lot of ways there are still a lot of really funny and really great amazing quotes but when you when you scrape away the surface you know and you look deeper at this movie you see like i mean and yes it's it's lampooning this 
cartoonish buffoonish behavior it's highlighting in a way like the these men are not to be emulated these men are you know not behaving like normal people should but like i said it just it i don't think it checks against that enough you know and i i don't think i I think what it does and and even this conversation you know has it it just highlights you know we still have further to go like how much further how much more we still have to do in this realm you know how much more you know there shouldn't be any of this kind of divide like no one should listen to this conversation and think less of you or more of me because of our genders respectively you know they should just it's I don't know where else I'm going with that, but I know exactly what you mean. I kind of want to start to like wrap up the kind of general conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just trying to think of a good way to do it. <laughs> That's not completely depressing. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I, I feel like we've obviously talked about um, some quite serious mm-hmm. topics. Um, and it, You're I welcome, San Diego. I don't think we would be a very good uh, Ron and Veronica. Veronica can quite easily say very mean things to Ron. Although I did, I did criticise your hair. I did say you had bad hair. That's the, probably the worst you'll get out of me, How I'm afraid. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you uh, gonna grab a, a a radio antenna and start whipping me with it? Now? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your kink is is. <laughs> absolutely 100 percent fine with me uh i support your wish to be whipped um i'm not sure rebecca wants that out there in the general uh public Ugh. but yeah whatever uh- <laughs> i've got welts guys <laughs> oh my so it's at this point that i would normally move on to the obligatory kiani reference um, however, I don't have one yet. What, what I'll, podcast I'll am I even in. on? Just well, <sighs> let okay. Let me be completely honest, listeners. I asked one thing of Nick to come on this podcast, and I said, "Come on this podcast. You are very welcome. I can't wait to have you." And I basically said, "Bring your own obligatory <laughs> Keanu reference." <laughs> And so before we started recording, I said to Nick, Nick, did you remember to bring your obligatory Keanu reference? And um, I'm paraphrasing when I say that that Nick basically said that he couldn't be bothered to do it. <laughs> is or is that is that or is that not true, Nicholas Haskins? I think um, my exact words were something along the lines of, I would never in a million years try to steal your thunder away from you because I know you love Keanu so, so much that for me to try to come up with an obligatory Keanu reference, like what if, what if I failed you? Like you would, you would judge me forever. I would be literally the worst person that you've ever met if I didn't deliver something as good as you. So I said, step away from the table let the master do her work like she is the good she's so good at this i can't even i can't even like try to attempt it so that was kind of my okay. reasoning so first of all um 
All of that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and and second of all, you you misunderstand my my level of of just general affection that I have for you. You could have got away with giving a bad reference. You could have got away with reusing one. You could have got away with saying Keanu Reeves was working in Hollywood in 2004. <laughs> that would have that would have been Keanu fine Reeves for is me. an actor who has appeared in mo- movies. Um, I think one of them he wears sunglasses and kicks Hugo Weaving in the face. Something I think. Yeah. Oh, and he was also uh, on a movie about a bus that had to speed around the city. And if its speed dropped below 50, it would explode. I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. It all comes back to The Simpsons for me, folks. <laughs> always. Literally always. Always. You see, the thing is, I will absolutely take that as an obligatory Keanu reference. <laughs> there we go. We've done it. Yes. We've, we've, we've done the feature. Even though you did not prepare for it. <laughs> We you know what we just it. did? We just anchormanned it. It was just improv. We just needed a few takes, <laughs> but improv. we got there. <laughs> it was absolutely take improv. It. And then I'm basically going to get you to do five more takes, oh, all with completely different answers, and I'm going to choose the best one to put in the podcast. <laughs> this was attempt number four. I'm in tears now. <laughs> uh, we've been on for an hour yeah. and a half already. So um, so I think what Like we'll seven do minutes of it's usable, is, though, oh, really. <laughs> this is true <laughs> this must be how they make movies you know they basically record something they're like right guys just improv we're here basically well we started this conversation literally peeing our pants with laughter mm-hmm. then we got into really serious topics and now is like that really weird kind of post serious discussion of yeah now we gotta try to be funny now, again so. <sighs> Yeah, uh, I need to need to laugh at his jokes again. But we've just had a really serious conversation. So, have you seen the sequel? Oh to God, it was t- I hated it. It was terrible. It was quite bad, wasn't it? I don't even remember the plot. I saw, I've seen it once. Yeah. I didn't think it was funny, and I don't remember the plot. So no, it was just <laughs> basically tells you everything I, you need to know. I, yeah, I I don't remember anything about it either. The only thing I remember is the van, like. They're all in a van and like in slow motion oh, yeah. going around the inside of it. That's quite That's funny. the only thing I remember about that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite funny. But otherwise, um, yeah, there are no other sequels to Anchorman and there probably never will be. Because let's be honest, this is pretty much, as we've discussed, a movie of its time. And I don't think that another sequel would really fly uh, in today's, you know, 2020s modern sensibilities. Yeah. So... Everyone listening, that was an episode on Anchorman. It was a little bit different to any other episode that I've ever done, but for a really good reason. Because that episode, this episode I mean, contains Nicholas Haskins. So I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on Verbal Diorama for the first of hopefully... Well, let's not say many because you might be sick of me by then. Never. At least, at least two or three, perhaps. The, f- the first of two appearances. 
I'm coming back for the Simpsons <laughs> movie. And that's back. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I will have you back. <laughs> For the Simpsons movie, how about that? I will come back. I, I will. I will guarantee that. To I will you. come back literally as many times as you'll have me. Don't, because otherwise I'll sign you up as my co-anchor. Mm. I'm in. Sold. <laughs> Done. Oh, that's really nice. Um, so yeah, a huge thank you, thank you so much for coming on uh, and taking the time on a Saturday to record this. Mm several weeks in advance of its release by the way and obviously now we haven't really talked about your podcast Nikolai's Kitchen and we also haven't really talked about live stream for the cure either but now is your opportunity to tell people firstly tell them about your podcast because it's wonderful and I absolutely love it it's a positive thing in my ears like every time you release something I listen to it it kind of chills me out it calms me down you have such a wonderful soothing voice which i mean you've you've Do everyone I? knows because they've heard you on the podcast now <laughs> you you have one of the best voices oh. don't start making voices you have one of the best voices in podcasting thank you it's like it's melodious it's like honey mm. and then to have your podcast where you're all about positivity and joy and wonderful food as well it's it's genuinely it's a tonic for the soul mm your podcast so i love it but please tell everyone all about nikolai's kitchen and where they can find you yeah nothing i'm gonna say about it's gonna top what you just said about it so um i would (laughs) i would rather leave it there and i don't like i'm not a plug guy uh you know i I don't like doing plugs i i mean all my information for sure will be on the show notes and 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 i'll be tagged on social media and stuff when it gets released but instead of a instead of a plug just Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, just I hope that your life is absolutely amazing. And I just heard Jess meowing. And, you know, just She's go out you. there and just 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 be kind to somebody today. And I just hope that that life is so, so beautiful for you. Like everybody deserves love and happiness and respect and i hope more than anything that today and tomorrow and like i said whenever you're listening to this that that's what you get just be the absolute best person you can be and put the world is such a a a a a crappy place sometimes so don't add to it just put good things out in the world just project love and kindness that's that's it that's my plug you really are wonderful by the way. Thank you. Just in case I haven't told you recently. Thank you. <laughs> you really you are. are. And that basically, no, you are. That basically, listeners, is what you can expect from Nikolai's Kitchen. It is one of the most positive and life-affirming and wonderful podcasts. And it's hosted by this amazing, incredible man. Who? Um, and I'm... Is he here with me now? <laughs> no, so he just left the oh. room, actually. He was behind you a second ago. <gasps> Um, it's a shame he was really attractive too Um, so (laughs) I've lost my train of thought (laughs) that's what happens that's what happens I am so grateful that you've taken the time to be here Jess is here with me now as well she wanted to obviously finish this episode with us Um, so so yeah she she is in the room Um, she obviously just wanted to see you Nick so (laughs) Um, and (laughs) She's not actually looking. 
she's too busy licking my hand. Clearly, I'm dirty and filthy. Uh, you know, I like, mean, like all that's women, true. dirty, filthy women. <laughs> <laughs> but but you especially. I mean, I, I am. You more than most. Uh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> no, I, I am. Absolute filth comes out of my mouth all the time. Um, just not on a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> you guys should have but, heard yeah, her in the pre-roll, should... like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that that does not leave this room, even though we're not in the same room. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> you take that to your grave. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can help Verbal Diorama grow and be noticed by others by leaving a rating or review, ideally five stars, on somewhere like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can retweet or like posts on social media, or you can simply just tell your friends or family about this podcast. Now, the next episode, as I said, last episode is a bit of a switch around. So Anchorman came forward and this episode got pushed back. And for the next episode, we're going from the 2000s way back to the 60s. Beatlemania was rampant. And in the spirit of Beatlemania, four young men create the Onedas, I mean, the Wonders, and have a hit single that propels them into the big time. It's Tom Hanks' directorial debut. It is That Thing You Do. It's charming, sweet and self-assured. And like a podcast, you may know, has an earworm of a song. So please join me next week as I delve into That Thing You Do. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do so. I am at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd. As always, if you wish, you can sign up to support the show financially, but you're under no obligation to do so. As always, a huge thank you to the patrons of Verbal Diorama, Simon E, Sade, Hardy L, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Jason, Kristin, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Emily, Michael, Scott, Mark, Brendan, Ian, Lisa, Sam, Will, Jack and Dave. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, they work every time. You can check out my merch store, verbaldiorama.com slash merch. You can say hi to me, verbaldiorama at gmail.com. Or you can pop over to my website, verbaldiorama.com. And you can also pop over to Film Stories. I write for the magazine. There's a new issue out shortly. And I also write bits for filmstories.co.uk. For the entire Verbal Diorama news team, I'm Em. And I'm Nick. Go f*** yourself, San Diego. Um, and there's a fly. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Um, Sorry, there was... (laughs) This fly just flew right into my face. (laughs) It was like um, the Ron Burgundy fly, like, don't you talk about (laughs) me. Don't you do it. I was a little bit in a glass case of emotion there. I was like, no, get away from me. No, get away from me. Uh, to this fly. For the entire Verbal Diorama news team, I'm Em. Oh, wait, that was my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is where you come in. Okay. All right. Give it, do, give it to me one more time.
Well, and the nine. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> this um, is why I love you. <laughs> 